the World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. What's our name? Welcome to the new Gen on Mission podcast and the Warsaw Connection. I'm Tim Slavka. I'm JP. Thanks for joining us again. As always, we're on the journey to relive the new generation era to find the best and some of the worst of the time period often forgotten. Brett and Sean at Survivor Series 92. To Brett and Sean at Survivor Series 97, we look just beyond the pay-per-views and examine the weekly TV, see what worked, what could have worked, and what failed. JP, how's it going tonight? Pretty good, man. How you doing? Good. Uh, we're back at it, like we, we promised. So... Uh, working on every two weeks, so cordon ahead a little bit, even to keep up with it. So uh, sometimes right. our busy lives get with us, but exactly. uh, it's good to kind of get a little routine of of doing this. And uh, we got a a big show that we got uh, to do uh, with King of the Ring. So excited to talk about it. It's one where I took notes on about half of it before we kind of took our little break, and then um, rewatched it. So I probably watched that Mr. Hughes Mr. Perfect match like five times already. <laughs> <laughs> probably more than anyone's ever watched it but but uh didn't have notes good notes for the first time and i might have kind of dozed off the second time so kept kept right. reliving that 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 uh the dream uh well, but I mean, I, he, he was a narcoleptic too wasn't he, he <laughs> that, that's asleep, true that's so. true yeah he, he fell asleep too yeah maybe he falls asleep to his own matches because <laughs> right, right. They're, not, they're not great so uh but another pay-per-view is excited uh you know even though he had a little break on the lead up, I think it's it's been a pretty well booked, uh, you know, or or lead into the pay per view, um, you know, obviously hard with like a new concept too. Like it's not just like a bunch of grudge matches, right? It's a uh, tournament. So mm-hmm. I thought the lead up was pretty good. The the Yoko Yoko Hogan stuff was a little weak. Uh, the build up because our friend Mr. Hogan was nowhere to be found. But right. I think a, a pretty solid pay per view we got coming in, and I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, I think like this show, like if if we weren't watching like Raw and Superstars and like having like the pivotal moments of the first Raw and everything, like this show is where it really feels like the new generation era is 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 taking over. Like like yeah. the, the 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 tent pole show, you could say like it's the first King of the Ring ever. It's you know the the newer guys are heavily featured in this show. You, there's a changing of the guard. It's just you know I'm I'm just really pumped to talk about this show because it's like, it's one of my favorite pay per views. So. Yeah, yeah and I, forward, forward to it. I feel like uh, the, the Attitude Era had the King of the Ring just a little bit, but I feel like the uh, for for better or for worse, the King of the Ring is kind of associated with the uh, you know new gen era from yeah you know, kind of your first two winners, and then you kind of got the bad winners, right? You got you know Mabel and, and Billy Gunn. And Billy Gunn maybe is, is more Attitude Era, but you got right. you know definitely the Mabel one, and then you know, obviously you got the Attitude Era kind of kicking off with Stone Cold that. Uh, the King of the Rings. So it's definitely a, a heavy influenced uh, pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. Anything else before we get going? No, sir. Oh, well, uh, I don't know if we ha- we haven't, like, Scott Hall passed away. Oh, yeah. Right after yes. we recorded the first show. So, like, our show came out. And if anybody's wondering, like, you know, why didn't they cover that? Uh, we were, we'd already recorded before that happened. So, um, obviously, we're going to talk about him tonight. Just... I don't know if you got a few words maybe on like what you think about like Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. Like we're obviously going to talk about him a lot coming up. Um, just like in my opinion, he's he was like the the first like I don't know what you want to say like swag like first like like a cool cool wrestler. heel like, yeah yep. like he was like the first one like he had the jewelry he knew how to talk he just he looked cool he he was never like he was never corny no matter what he did like I don't know man so I I love Scott Hall and. You know, look forward to keep his legacy going. Yeah, I mean, I always thought, like, as the Razor personality, he was one of those, like, uh, I don't know, uh, Hogan-era people. You know, like, everyone kind of knew him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what he kind of felt, right? Like, the Jake the Snake. But he wasn't a, uh, you know, he wasn't a, uh, you know, a plumber or anything like that. Like, he was just Razor Ramon, right? And, like, right. everyone kind of knew. I feel like everyone kind of knew of him. Uh, so I felt like he was a cross, uh, you know, cross, cross guy. Uh, I always thought he was a big star in, a, in a, you know, kind of an attitude era of missing stars. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how how much more they could have got out of him, right? He, he lasts, you know, right now is kind of his peak this this next year and a half. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, think different things start coming over and he starts winding down. And obviously, he has a massive uh, return in 
in WCW uh, for a couple of years, and, and then you know, you know, problems with him again. You know, the same thing exactly. kind of shows up again. Um, but you know, had, sorry to hear him passing. It's you know, great the stories to hear about. You know how close DDP was to him and, and Jake the Snake and things like that. Like the the good stories of that. Uh, right. So, uh, sad to hear, but exactly yeah he was he was always he was just always cool like i like i don't know like um if you're familiar with like nitro used to always tape at the fairgrounds here in florida and uh like like every time the fair would come would be right around my birthday and we went one year and we're all circled up like around where all the like the wrestlers would come out like when they're leaving they would some of them would just walk right through the fairgrounds and go to their car instead of like going a separate way and scott hall came out one time and I, i can remember a guy saying Oh shit, that's got all, it's got all. And he's like, hey man, just play fair. And we're at the fairground. It was so corny. Like it's such a dad joke that he said, but he said it like yep. so <laughs> cool that it just like came off that way. It's just I always remember, you know, seeing him and just like, he, and he was so, I don't know, just the way he carried himself, you know? Yes, cool definitely. Dude. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, yeah, good to bring up because yeah. you know probably came, good to start off that versus getting in the pay per view because he kicks off the pay per view and I mean he's one right. of the guys like he's always the opener right uh, and right. kind of always the guy of the new gen of the the Intercontinental Championship like he's around it for the next two years so mm-hmm. um, good stuff All right so we're at the uh, in Dayton Ohio at the Nutter Center uh, about a smaller place eight thousand people for history of De- you know history of WWE.com. Um, amazing dark match. Uh, this is the time where they were doing the, the, uh, now I'm going to screw up the company's name, the USWA, right? I think that's what yep. it's called. Yep. Right. Uh, but the killer, killer match that I, I couldn't find anywhere. I should have looked harder, but Papa Shango Owen Hart match. I mean, what did what a dream match? Oh man. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this was, Classic. this was the big part. Owen Hart was champion. Papa Shango was champion. Macho was going down there. So it's really yep. the interweaving of, of, you know, those two promotions a lot during this, this kind of summer. Um, so, uh, first, first pay-per-view King of the ring to kind of kick it off with, you know, uh, talking about, you know, the, showing the tournament bracket and showing a, you know, you have to win three matches to survive. Um, and I always love Vince running down the card. And then we go to the, the team of, uh, from mania, right. Uh, JR, um, macho and, and Bobby. So, right. Um, good announced team and, you know, JR's learning the ways. It's kind of interesting that I don't think we'll hear from him for a while. Right. So this is kind of like. He gets the big call up, and then Vince says, "Nope, I can do it better." And then <laughs> right. Jim Ross got thrown aside for a while, uh, and then he'll obviously in the the back half of the the uh, new general will kind of come back as as a you know staple of of the Attitude Era and beyond. So exactly, you want to get the uh, first match then? Yes, sir. So your uh, guy, right? So we uh, we open with Razor versus Brett, which it says so much of of both guys that they're willing to open this like new concept this new tournament with with these two guys you know like i think like that really sets a tone yep um you know and razor's coming out with, with the heat with from the one two three kids so it's like like we we've harped on this a lot about like all these different like rivalries and feuds kind of intertwined so like you're instantly reminded because the fans are chanting one two three at razor like that's in the back of your head still, even though he's focused on this tournament, which is kind of a cool um, playthrough of this match a little bit. And when Brett comes out, I think I feel like he's got a huge pop. Like he's, you know, over like hell. And uh, you'll see that continue throughout the night. But I thought this was a, a really good match, too. I don't I don't think it was as good as their Rumble match. But um, even though Razor was hurt in that match, because I, I feel like that was like his like main event shot. But. I feel like this is a really good like bully performance from Razor and like a and uh, what Brett does best is like his comeback where he's like selling so exhausted and you know like when he has a, a big guy beating on him and he's able to like come back like that you know it's just cool and and especially like how the um you got you got like a really good near fall out of the Razor's edge at one point like Razor picked him up for Razor's edge and Brett kind of rolled him up out of that but uh the finish like the the it came out of nowhere like razor's going for back suplex brett just kind of falls on him yeah it doesn't look like it doesn't look like rehearsed like, like he doesn't just he doesn't fall on like perfect like he doesn't just roll over and make it look like so cooperative he kind of just falls on him at an angle and it looks so crisp you know and it's like just the way they the creative finish and you know brett gets the gets the victory and i just thought you know a hell of a start to the the pay-per-view here what did you think about this match yeah i, I think that is good as their uh uh rumble match 
uh, for the title. Maybe listen, missing the intrigue. The car, crowd was definitely hot for uh, Brett, like you mentioned. But I thought also Razor was getting some of those pops. There was a huge Razor Ramon fan club sign I saw um, mm. out there. So I feel like he was starting to get the thing. There were still chance of one, two, three kid uh, out there. Um, so I, I definitely heard some of that. But this is like right when he's starting to turn to that face. Uh, so. Right. Uh, you know, kind of interesting, like one, two, three kid didn't come out or something like that. Um, or, or they kind of didn't play that up. They kind of played it like a straight match, right? Like, yeah, uh, you know, they kind of teased it. Like Brett had came out and did the one, two, three chant a couple of weeks ago on superstars. Like they just kind of played it as a straight match. It's kind of interesting there. They didn't really bring it up uh, on commentary. Um, and so, uh, I, I, I thought a good match and I think a good, great opener. And I think something you'll see, like I just mentioned earlier, razor is kind of an opener is a, is a good guy. He has, he doesn't do a lot of headlocks or anything too boring, right? He does the, you know, the domino stretch is maybe his only thing, but he does big moves and is very, you know, slow, but methodical and uh, keeps the crowd going for a you know good 10 minute opener. Yes, sir. All right. So then we got, uh, so we go to the second round or second match of the first round. We got Mr. Hughes versus Mr. Perfect. Uh, they do a caught an interview where Brett, uh, says he wants to go after Mr. Perfect, doesn't want to face the dangerous Mr. Hughes. Uh, okay. <laughs> the, the match, the, the, you know, the match wasn't great or anything like that, but there was a terrible catch where they were both going <laughs> to both trying to catch in there and they both just fell on the ground. It was just looking really, yeah. really, really crappy. Uh, yeah. And then they did go outside for a little bit, which gave us a, a shot of the, the, the old Hogan fan. So this old guy that dresses up like Hogan, he's, front and center for a lot of this pay-per-view, but that was my first glance at him. Um, so the other match comes kind of out of nowhere. They're kind of battling and it's not really going anywhere. And then Hughes grabs the urn and nails Mr. Perfect with it to get the DQ. It's such a silly ending. Like, yeah. I don't know why you would go for that. You're not in a feud. Like, you know, you're going to get DQ'd. Um, so kind of silly that you would like go to that level. Um, so I don't know. It was it was as I put, not bad but not great. Right, and, and so I'm, I'm I'm agreeing with you on the finish. Like, I know they want to keep Hughes strong, and that's right. probably why they did it. But then just don't put him in the tournament. Then if you're gonna do yeah. that, like, like to me, like you start off this mat, the first match with two main event studs. Like you could have put Razor versus Hughes, and then Brett versus Perfect in the right. first round or something. Like if you're gonna do that, like I don't know. I just don't like you know wasting that match on him like that. Like I feel like they could have put somebody else in and let, let them job to perfect to build perfect up more for yeah. his next match. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's kind of weak in my opinion, but yeah, the match was okay. Um, I'm souring on Hughes a little bit. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like I, it, to me, like if you're not going to be like pretty solid in the ring in this era coming up, at least like your character work should be a little strong. And uh, yeah, I don't know. He's kind of lacking on both of those right now, but we'll, we'll see how it, it goes. Wasn't, I, didn't, I didn't even feel like it was this like big beat down or anything. You know what I right. mean? Like that would be like different if, you know, I'm not saying we need John Gonzalez out there, but like, you know, if they had some feud and then they both came out and like took him out. Right. But like they clearly weren't setting that up. And it was just like kind of silly of like, why would you purposely get disqualified? I know they did this at like WrestleMania four too. It's a common like trope of like, big bad guys are idiots like mm-hmm. but, um uh, it was all right whatever it, right. It, it does lead up to the you know perfect brett out match so um you know good uh, good for that i think that's the better way of the tournament than brett versus hughes right that that's what you're 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 aiming for so i mean you got to the goal eventually yep. either way so all, all right, right then, so. do you want to yeah. go next the interview do you yeah. have the interview okay uh, what with uh, hold on, no, I do not have the interview. Oh, let's uh, I, I can't not take this. With, okay, uh, go ahead. We got we got Mean Gene. I hope I have in the right spot. I didn't screw this up, but we got Mean Gene with uh, Yokozuna and uh, and Mr. Fuji. They have the 19, you know, 80s boombox there playing uh, <laughs> classic Japanese music. Uh, the Mr. Fuji promo. Well, normally you couldn't understand him. This promo was amazing. He just talks about, I think he's mocking Yokozuna. He yeah. talks about how he's beefing up and that he's just been eating all day, ready to destroy Hogan. He says at WrestleMania that Yoko had an over 20 minutes of a hard match, which is a absolute lie. And Yoko had to right. quit early and just say, and then saying how Yoko was, was, uh, was surprised by Hogan's, uh, you know, 
confrontation. It came from you, you moron, Mr. Fuji. So <laughs> right. this was like the most uh, coherent Mr. Fuji promo. It made me laugh the most, and it didn't obviously put over Yokozuna strong. And I think he was mocking him the whole time. So I mean, yeah, um, that's a high, he, he's known as a river. So I mean, that's yeah, definitely on the table. Yeah, the, here. definitely the twenty minutes of his because like the way he says like twenty minutes, he go. And I was like, right. oh my god, I'm like this is so amazing. So, right. um, but definitely putting over that Yoko is ready, ready, ready and hungry for the title. So, right. Yeah. Uh, still, still, who knew? Stella on the mic, Mr. Fuji. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Old best, best promo was life. <laughs> right. All right. All so right, following dude. that, uh, we do get a good beef, beefy Arby's match here. With, uh, <laughs> Bam Bam Bagel. Sponsored and by Arby's, yep. Right. <laughs> And I thought this was this is like another solid match. Like this was a lot better than if he's versus perfect match. And like Duggan is a guy who kind of like I don't know. He's like he goes up and down depending on who he's facing. And yeah, I just feel like this was a really good matchup for Bigelow too. Like you know we saw Bigelow against the uh, Boss Man in the Rumble, and that's the Hoss match that kind of like disappointed. Very much. Whereas I think this one. You know, I wish that match was kind of worked in the vein of this a little bit. Like, you know, when when uh, like it, they're just kind of like going back and forth with like you know big power moves and stuff, and all of a sudden like Duggan goes for that three point clothesline and he misses, and Bigelow just hits that sweet headbutt from the top and, and gets the win, and it's like he puts him over clean. You know, Duggan's not leaving quite yet, right? And I just feel like you know that's what the Hughes perfect match could have done in in building someone in the tournament, like. You want to show like that your your guys survive something to get through. So I don't I I would just prefer clean finishes all the way through at least, and I really like this match. Yeah, for a uh, quick five minute, I put the Duggan was still so over, uh, you know, with the crowd, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the crowd was definitely behind him. Uh, I didn't know that Duggan's gut was starting to get big. Um, so I thought he was looking not as in shape as he's kind of, I don't know if Duggan's really been ever in shape. Like he's actually right. like they kind of have like a, uh, he's obviously very strong, but I felt like his gut is starting to grow. So, um, well, round, rounds it, of shape. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's <laughs> in shape. Sorry. Yes. Right. And then, uh, I do love that Duggan like ran from, uh, went like when he ran into, uh, he was going to run over Bigelow into the corner and mm-hmm. then moved out of the way. And the, you know, the kayfabe of it and Macho and, and Ross are saying that Duggan actually moved the ring from the impact. So good to put him over. Like these guys are big beefy guys that are, they can take it over. Uh, right. Bigelow, I don't know if you noticed, he was bleeding from his head. So I don't, I don't know how that happens, but I, this is the second time I've seen Bigelow since we watched this uh, or watched uh, the new gen stuff, right. That he's, I've seen him bleeding from the head. So I don't know what's going. And then it's, it's uh, burning. That's why. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's burning. Is that healthy? And then uh, crazy that uh, 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 Duggan actually jobs clean. Um, I thought for right. sure in here, right, like Luna would have came out to help because they just set that up. Um, so it's kind of crazy that Duggan like never loses by pinfall and kind of lost here. So I, I like I like that. I thought it was a, a decent match. Uh, yeah, like you said, way better use of Bigelow and way better use of by Duggan versus uh, versus Big Boss Man because you know Duggan probably can't be here for that much longer, and he actually put mm-hmm. in a good, good match for. You know, being there. Yes, sir. Um, and then I got a Terry Taylor interview. Uh, the smoking guns are bad on the microphone. They oh, talk about how God. the tag team match is going to be a mini battle royal, which I don't understand since right. there's going to be tags. Uh, and I just, they're terrible interviewers. So, so bad. Uh, so bad. Yeah. So nothing there. Uh, then you got Tatanka versus Luger, our final uh, match. Um, so uh, this match. Is long, right? It's a it's a 15 minute draw. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's the worst the worst match that you could have on a 15 minute draw, but probably two guys that maybe aren't the best suited for it. I do love the mirror spot. Um, you know, at the beginning, Luger's checking himself out. Tatanka immediately throws it at him, so I love that. Um, you know, I I thought. Uh, sorry. Uh, I lo- I like that they uh, interviewed Bam Bam as well. So mm-hmm. they kind of like they would do with breath. Like, who do you, who do you want for this? So like, good job by them. Like whoever thought of that, like, Hey, like, let's not spoil the ending. Right. And he, he Bam Bam's quote of, I want the Indian. <laughs> was was amazing. Yeah. And they right. just started feuding. So I think that's a good, you know, tie in of like, Hey, we want to see that. Um, I put about 11 minutes in is where you can start seeing they're going to go to the time of the draw, but then the crowd really started getting into it. Um, so I kind of put on the, my notes too. I always feel on these time limit draws that the crowd doesn't know what's happening because they don't have like a clock for it. I know they right. probably don't do it so they can't 
F it up. But I think they would be, I think they would add some more intrigue to the, to all the matches, right? Uh, at least in the first round, right? Like get the crowd kind of pumped for like, oh man, it's already at five minutes, like left. Like we should get, we get to get pumped up for this. So I thought they would have added more because I thought the last couple of minutes, the crowd was kind of into it. Um, and then after the match, Luger basically says he wants five more minutes. Uh, he actually gets a crowd cheering for him. So I don't know if that's uh, Vince saw that and got excited. Uh, but then, of course, takes off the elbow pad and whacks Tatanka to knock him out. And both guys get the double double elimination. So Bam Bam's moving on to the finals. Yeah, I thought that I thought that psychology of like in the beginning of the match, they're making him put that pad on, you know, covers forearm or whatever. And then to use that at the end, I thought so. While I'm against the the whole time limit draw, like I don't, I, I'd rather have a clean finish. I love the psychology and how they use this match yep. to like further Luger's like uh, character going forward. So now you got to be worried about this forearm all the time too, you know. So like at least at least something came out of this match. And I don't. And another reason why I don't like the the time limit draw is because it gives someone a buy. I, I hate that in a tournament. Like it's, you know, you're kind of like cheapening it a little bit i i get why they have to do it like especially you know, first one i feel like the right. first one does it's the first it's the first uh tournament so i feel like it's that this is the one to do it for exactly it's like you're, you're, you're so like you know when you're a kid and you see the tournament brackets you fill them out and you're like oh okay like, yeah. yeah this guy's gonna face this guy and it's like now you just lost a match so it's like it kind of sucks so it's, it's just something that you know weakens it a little bit but like I said, at least there's some kind of character development out of it. So pretty cool with that. Um, after this match, though, we get the... I don't know. If, I don't want to say iconic, but I think it's pretty well known, the backstage segment with uh, Brett and Perfect. Um, yes. Before they match, and they're kind of... And, and Mean Gene, like, if you pay attention to Mean Gene, he's just stirring shit up. Like, he's just a little He's asshole. such a dick. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's just stirring shit up between the two, and it's like, they start going at it. You can tell they're like pretty good friends, Brett and yep. Perfect are at least, because they're kind of like lighthearted ribbing each other, but they're like going back and forth about their dads beating each other. And I don't know, it's just, it's cool to see, you know, both, um, you know, second generation wrestlers like this have like a, they probably have such a big respect for each other. And uh, just going back and forth about, you know, my dad, your dad kind of thing is pretty cool. So I think every, a lot of people know that promo. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think a great uh, promo, and uh, I, I just put it in my notes. I love being Gene trying to call out Brett, and then the one thing that Brett leaves to go his music and perfect talks about uh, SummerSlam. That he wants revenge for that loss. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. That, it's one of the rare times they brought up like prior history, right? Like right. obviously becomes di- like Jim Ross is obviously huge on that, but like rarely did they ever bring up something else happened, and and this is this is one of those times where they're bringing up you know. Uh, uh, and that one's even crazy because Perfect was a was a heel, and they uh, you know bring up well that Bobby used to manage him, so it's kind of crazy. They they don't really talk about that that much. So interesting to see them go that way with the match with the interview, I should say. Yeah, I agree, definitely. All right, why don't you take this match? Right, so you're so, gonna, you got all the Brett matches, right? Right. So uh, from there we get this. Uh, this is another stellar match. Like this is. You know, like, whereas the Brett Razor match that was a repeat wasn't as good as the first, to me, this match is a lot better than SummerSlam 91, in my opinion. Like, I've always championed this match. Um, so, this is Brett versus Perfect. Uh, it starts early. We get, like, a, a good back and forth between the two, kind of, like, feeling each other out. And then Perfect's kind of, like, he starts kind of working with an edge a little bit. Like, he's kind of working heel a little bit. Like, not enough to where, you know, you're going to turn on him or anything, but just a little bit more more rugged than Brett. And I love how like how he slings Brett into the guardrail, like from the ropes. It's just like I don't know. I don't know how to explain how Brett sells and makes everything look so real and non contrived. Like it just adds so much to the match. And when you when you have someone like perfect in there working along with him, it just looks like everything just looks so perfect. Like it's like it's well thought out. And you know, there's there's a part in the match where um, there's like a reverses the small package. Like, or I'm sorry, when Brett goes for the sharpshooter, yeah. But perfect, like, um, hold on. Yeah, he's bending Brett's hand. Like when he goes for the sharpshooter, like, like Brett's trying to reach down and go for the sharpshooter, and perfect just reaches up and starts bending his hand. It's like that's so perfect because like when you're 
like when me and my brother used to fight and, and wrestle back in the day and stuff like that, like if I would try to put him in a move or something like that, that's exactly what he would do. Like he would, you know, grab my fingers or something like that. He wouldn't, he wouldn't like roll through and do some like, you know, yep. crazy reversals and stuff like that. So it was just felt so realistic, you know, and, um, you know, we go back and forth with the action and then we get like a reverse of the small package for the, for the pin for Brett. And it's another like out of nowhere finish. Like he's not like beating guys with a sharpshooter or, you know, yep. beating guys with like some, you know, like a reversal or finisher, like to where it looks obvious. It's just out of nowhere finishes in a tournament. It kind of like shows the, the desperation and, you know, from both guys here, but I just think this is an excellent match. I don't like do star ratings like that. I don't know if I'd quite say five stars, but it's 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 up there. Yeah, I'm not as big of it. I like the actually SummerSlam match more, maybe just because for the title. I thought the crowd early on was out of it at first. It's kind of a weird placement to have like all these tournament matches in a row to not have something split it up. Like, yeah. So I don't know if that was part of the crowd, and you just had like a 15 minute draw. So this. Especially was pretty decent. Let me see how much how long the time was, but I thought it was pretty decent. So I thought at first they uh, the crowd was kind of not into it. I don't know. That was just that was my opinion. But um, perfect kind of plays the the heel uh, mm-hmm. in, th- in this match. Definitely like perfect. Really goes for some big chops. One time he lets uh, Brett and Brett through the ropes, like uh, like lowers the ropes, and then he immediately hits him before Brett can stand up. So I like that. Macho actually talks about how he used to be heel too, so he likes that move. Uh, so a lot of history, right? Talk about Macho as a heel. They talk about Brain used to be his manager. Um, so a lot of a lot of different a lot of different things um, they they kind of they kind of do there. Um, I, I love the Brett throw into the barricade. Like that got a big wow from the crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of a move that they don't really do much, but Brett has done a couple times and he he sells it really good, right? Like he he makes he moves it and he pushes it. And he pushes things out of the way. So love that there was a, a superplex that the crowd really wowed for again. So I think like after those two moves, the crowd was really into it back and forth. Um, I also liked Macho was talking about how Bam Bam. They were, at one point they're both gonna get counted outs, and he mentioned that Bam Bam was gonna win it all in a double countout, like which is silly, but again kind of says like all right they don't know the ending, like it is why this stuff is scripted. Like okay that would that would be the real possibility, right? If they both got counted out, Bam Bam would win. So I like them bringing that up because right. of the possibility of it happening. Um, and then I, I do hate, because he does it too much, I feel like the Bret Hart, I have a knee injury, but I'm going to play possum and fake it. I don't know. It's like one of my, I, you know, I love Bret. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things I dislike about him is I, maybe because I just see it too much and I don't feel like this match really needed it. Um, That's fair. Yeah. I, I just feel like you're doing a face, like you're you're going to win the King of the Ring. Like you don't need to kind of win by this cheap way. So it's just something I never like of his. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it's definitely a great match. It's definitely fun. Uh, the second half is really good. They're two very skilled guys. Uh, they kind of play an interesting story. Uh, you know, perfect being a little bit face or sorry, a little bit heel on it. Um, Brett being the straight guy. And then, you know, obviously they're putting over the fact that Bret Hart's, you know, now fought a second hard long bout match and Bam Bam's going to the finals with one five minute match. Um, so definitely playing up that storyline as well as Brett is the fighting champion. Bam Bam's kind of had some luck on the longest way, uh, right. so going to the finals. So should and, be good. And I, I, you know, I didn't even notice it. Like, but what you said is so true that I don't know why they couldn't have had another match to break this up. Like, yeah, to, to switch up the momentum a little bit. Like they stacked this card so weird. Like when you right. look at it, like like they could have easily put the tag match here instead and give. Brett a little bit more time or or whatever, just kind of build the anticipation up. But right, it just kind of comes out of nowhere. You know, like mm-hmm. I mean, they have a good interview, like you mentioned, but like the crowd has to be like, oh wait, they're fighting again. It just feels kind of fight weird, right. especially because they have all those other matches, right? They got the Intercontinental match, they got the tag team match, and they have uh, Hogan match. So they have other matches. So it's not just the tournament. So it's kind of weird they they stack it right on top of you. Right. All right, so uh, me then. Yeah, so then we got uh, the big rematch, uh, Mr. Hulk Hogan versus uh, Yokozuna. Um, so Yokozuna has a big, long entrance, uh, in my, my opinion. Like, they definitely drag it out. Uh, you know, normally kind of comes to the ring quickly, but this was uh, definitely drawing out with, like, the like, geisha girls and the flowers and things like that. So uh, definitely making him seem like a star from, it, like, presentation standpoints. Uh, Hogan got, a, I thought, a big pop. Uh, 
when he when his music hit, the crowd was definitely all for it. Uh, definitely was a pro Hogan Hogan crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, Yoko when uh, Yoko was definitely getting bigger and bigger. So Brain says he looks 15 pounds heavier. Macho says 100 pounds uh, <laughs> heavier, which again is like it's weird that they're kind of mocking him. Uh, for being like fatter, yeah, like, not like especially especially macho, yeah, right. Like I think I think Bobby like had a good spot of it. Like, hey, put on a little bit of weight. Hogan can't can't match the weight anymore. Like Hogan used to be the strong guy. He can't match him. He can't slam him. Uh, but I feel like they're they mock him a little too much about being just a fat slob. So right. um, that you get a ton of photograph uh, photographers around the ring. Uh, as you start the match, it's like one of the first things you notice. These guys weren't there yes. before. A bunch of photographers before the notice. Um, the, the heat when the match starts, like there's kind of isn't heat. Like I got, I would probably have to watch some old Hogan matches. Like when they start off, if it's kind of quiet, quiet, because obviously mm-hmm. he has like the, Hogan's great at the ending and the getting the beat down and the comebacks and things like that. But I wonder on early parts of match, like if there's always heat to it, because I felt like the crowd was pretty died down. They were definitely moving very slowly the first couple minutes. Oh um, yeah. But then there was a good 10 punch that Hogan kind of got the crowd um, crowd back into it. Um, and uh, Yoko starts taking back over, really putting down Hogan. And obviously he, he, he goes for a shoulder tackle to knock Yoko down. Yoko is immediately dropping him to the ground. So Hogan, I think, is doing actually a really good job selling, considering it's his last match of putting Yoko on the on the on the spot hope spots really making them seem strong so um i don't know if you have any comments on the match before the ending yeah i i thought it was at first uh, i'm like okay hogan's not really into this but he was like he like the, the crowd was more into him than he was into the match i think but he was like um he was carrying a a guy that's not really used to this main event spot yet so yeah. I gotta give him as much as I hate him. I gotta give him kudos on that. And I feel like Yoko is just, like, well, what you said is so true. Like, and it, and it makes like the perception of him terrible. Like when they when they're saying, like, oh, he's you know so much bigger, and like, like the, then you go back to the Fuji promo, and then then when you do that, and then you see this match, and he moves so slow, and he does like the. You know, it does like the um, bear hug and stuff like that. Yeah. It, it kind of just dies down. And you're like, okay, well, maybe this guy is, you know, kind of just fat and out of it, and you know, just uh, not really. He's not like a, a credible threat. Whereas in the beginning, when he was squashing guys, they played it off like, oh, he's just a killer. Like he's a sumo wrestler killer, and he had like a credibility to him. So, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. That they're kind of. I don't know, washing away his credibility a little bit and kind of seem making him seem a little less than what he is. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree on all those points. And then, so we go to the big finish. So, uh, Hogan goes for the big boots, cannot knock, uh, uh, Yoko down the first two. He finally gets him on the, on the third boot. Interesting. He never goes for the slam there at the end. He does the leg drop and a crowd is going crazy thinking, yep, He's done it again. And Yoko immediately kicks out. I did put a note that Hogan, the the rookie, forgot to hug, hook the leg, right? So I should have hooked the leg and maybe got three out of it. But Yoko immediately kicks out. So so then um, the a camera guy gets on the on the apron and uh, Hogan goes to knock, take him down. And his camera explodes right into Hogan's eyes. Hogan knocks, uh, or Yoko knocks, um, knocks uh knocks uh hogan down and then pins him one two three crowd is just in shock uh i thought the crowd was going really crazy for the ending and just then just silence and shock yoko does uh pulls him to the corner and does two bonsai drops uh the whole time uh, jimmy hart's trying to chase the photographer out um to get him doing like one of the things i, I thought mr fuji was I think was supposed to stop <laughs> stop uh, uh jimmy hart from getting to the photographers and clearly just just screwed up the spot because Jimmy Hart could have easily pulled him down. So, um, Mr. Fuji, once again, sucking, um, but but kind of the end of Hogan, right? So Yoko kind of takes him out two things. Yoko, I thought Hogan did a good job of selling. He's still selling the eye and the bonsai drop. So he's getting carried out by, um, by a couple, couple, um, the backstage guys, he's holding the eye, he's holding the chest. So I thought it was actually really, really well done by him selling Yoko as the champion. 
they mentioned they got to check on what how much damage Hogan's got to his eye. Um, but a kind of stunned crowd uh, as Yokozuna celebrates in the ring, uh, f- photographs everywhere of him holding the title, and uh, he's the new champion once again. Yeah, I think the finish was stupid as hell. Like, like the, to have the photographer come up and do the flash thing, like what you've never done that before. Like you never, yep. like in, in the beginning of the match, it was so contrived to have all those guys on on the on the ring like that. Like, I it, you should have been building that with Yoko all along. Like you should right. have been doing that more often. Like showing like, a, like an entourage almost from Japan following him. If they did that, maybe it would have made more sense, but. They didn't, so it kind of just came off like Hogan didn't want to lose cleans, and and that's kind of how I took it. Um, and when I said before about like the Brett match, I'm not really a star rating guy. Uh, this is a definite five star match here um, <laughs> with, with the outcome. Oh, okay, okay. That Hogan's gone. Like the match itself, no, not not. Okay, not I was so like, much, whoa, but, whoa. <laughs> yeah, but him leaving, you know, obviously this is the last we see of Hogan for to what 2002. So we won't see him again anymore, thankfully. Um, but yeah, it the you're so right about the crowd being in shock. Like it's like I don't think anybody thought, even though it was the writing was kinda on the wall, like the, this crowd did not see that coming at all. You nope, can see all no these like did. foam fingers in the crowd with Hogan, everything like, they were really into Hogan. And they're the probably Hogan thinking guy. Yeah, the Hogan yeah. guy, like there's no way he thought he was losing. I, I don't yeah. know if he's yeah, it's it's weird because there was just like lack of build. So I think mm-hmm. that's part of like the hush of the crowd. Like Hogan got the pop and there's just kind of silence. I don't think anyone thought like, oh, he's going to beat this fat guy. Right. I think that's what everyone kind of thought. Right. So, yeah, it's it's kind of weird. And it's kind of like an abrupt end to Hogan. Like, uh, where you really just feel like if you look behind the scenes, you probably just feel like Vince is just tired of his shit. Like, you know, you said you're going to, you know, come back and work. We gave you the belt. You didn't do anything. Yeah. Like, let me just move on from this guy. So. Move on, we will, I guess. Yeah, and they do. They do kind of mention, hey, they're gonna give updates of what's happening with Hogan, um, but but uh, no luck uh, the rest of the night of any updates. So it's kind of the end of kind of end of Hogan, uh, kind of kind of random. And then they go to. Uh, they, I don't know if you want to talk about. Uh, they have they, first they do a. I think it's a cutaway interview, but they interview a Tara Taylor real quickly. Interviews Mister Perfect. You know, he's pissed off about mm-hmm. losing. And then they have Shawn Michaels do an interview, um, and he talks about how the dinosaur is gone, Hogan's dead, uh, and they talk about how Diesel, um, Diesel's the uh, you know Kevin Nash's name, um, right? And they, uh, it's kind of weird. Like Mean Gene's like so into like, well, why is his what, what's his name? Like I don't understand what the big deal of naming him is, but they try to make it exactly. a big deal. And it's just his name is Diesel, so that's kind of the interviews are kind of foul. Uh, before our next match, I don't know if you have anything to yeah. say. Yeah, well, he had a sweet uh, white studded jacket in that interview too. So yeah, that's true. That was kind of cool. But uh, yeah, from there we get the uh, the tag match that I feel like, and, and I think you kind of agree should have been placed earlier in the card. But um, it's going to be a smoking guns and the Steiners versus uh, Money Inc. and the Head Shrinkers. I think this is a pretty good like uh, after what you just saw, like of a slow match and kind of drains the crowd a little bit. I think this is a cool, fast-paced match to get it back into it a little bit. Um, you know, both, like, even Money, Inc., they were kind of, like, working pretty hard in this match, I thought, like, going back and forth a little bit. Um, there's a spot, like, towards the end where Billy's playing possum and he kind of gets the roll-up win. Kinda, I think you watched Brett earlier in the <laughs> in the day. And so I can do that. Of, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm going to steal that spot, and he did. So, uh Overall, nothing more than a filler match, really, to kind of get the, you know, the stink off of what just happened out of the crowd to kind of get them back into things a little bit. But uh, they played their part pretty well. Did Did you think anything different on this match? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough spot post Hogan. Whatever match was going to be in here was going to be definitely people out of it. Even Ross and Macho say they can't even concentrate about this match because how much how much shock they're in, which is never a good sign, right? Saying like, oh, but we can't even do call this match. Uh, I put I put the beer match, uh, and then I wonder, you know, it's a tough one because I think of this card is like I have a note that says would the Brett match be better here afterwards? Like I don't know if that's why they, um, why they didn't, why they put that match before. It's just kind of weird. It's a weird card placement because you can't have this as the ending, 
but you can't have it too far to the end because you don't want people leaving, right? You, I'm like, oh, you've only been here for an hour. So it's a tough, tough spot for the card and for also for, um, you know, the Hogan match. So mm-hmm. I put, I wonder if anyone left really, I, I saw the Hogan fan throughout the whole night. So he did not, he did not leave, but he was not looking happy. Um, it's funny. They do talk, call IRS one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time, <laughs> which is just weird because he's only been IRS for a couple a year, maybe. So, uh, Jim Ross definitely going back to, uh, other, other federations and other, uh, and other, uh, personas. And I don't know if Aaron George would agree on, on that comment either. Uh, the, the small package is just so small or so random. It's just so random, uh, to end the match, but then the after fight, I thought it was really good, uh, where they kind of all brawl. And I thought, wish the match would have been more of that, uh, to make the crowd, you know, get into it more, but, um, it was a tough filler beer match. They did. It was fine. Nothing, nothing special, but nothing terrible. Well, I agree. Agree. Uh, uh, then, so then we so got, there, yeah, from there we get, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that we got a Yoko, Yoko interview. We're going to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we get a Yoko interview. Uh, Jack Tony is terrible. He says nothing. He congratulates Yoko and then walks away. Um, I don't know. He's just, just the worst. And then, uh, again, they're kind of mocking, um, Mr. Fuji's kind of mocking Yoko saying we need a bigger Yoko. Uh, he's saying Every, we're laughing in America. You guys suck. And there's a big celebration planned. Uh, I don't know if you had anything else. Yeah, it was a kind of nothing interview. This kind of had to address it pretty much that, you know, he's a champion now. So yeah. And I like the celebration, right? Hey, we're going to have the celebration because obviously bring, you know, we know what's coming up next, but, you know, kind of brings up, hey, we're going to have a celebration. So it's kind of, hey, we need to celebrate that we've beat America. So I I do like, I like that point of it. And then the photographers everywhere. So they at least tied it in there. Like, okay, here's the photographers. You know, this is a big event in in, uh, Japan, uh, even though Americans don't think so. So then we got... uh, Ross does it. Oh, he did have an update on uh, Hulk Hogan that his eye was not too damaged. And we get uh, Crush coming out with his uh, awesome music. Um, yes. His awesome, his awesome bullets. Uh, it, it, this is a kind of weird match in that uh, I thought it was way too long for what Crush should ever be in, in, a, in a match for. Uh, I don't think Crush was terrible, but uh, I just thought way too long of a match this late in the card. Uh, yeah, right, JP. I don't know if... Yeah, I'm good. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. I just your mic cut up, so we're good. I thought I, I thought I lost you. So, all right. But uh, Diesel actually interferes pretty early in the match. It's kind of interesting. They do like the Diesel's interfering in the match, uh, taking Crush down. I, I thought Crush held with 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 Michaels pretty well. Again, he's not the greatest worker, but I thought he did pretty well with him. Uh, and then again, there's not too much of this because of the way the the match kind of ends. Is uh, you mm-hmm. get the double doinks coming out, walking in kind of unison, but they're not really in sync. I, I think it's hilarious. They're kind of like, kind of doing it together, but terrible at it. Um, right. Then Michael super kicks Crush the head. He hits the turnbuckle. Uh, I actually the way they showed it, I thought it was a two count. I had to rewind it a couple of times. Be like, I thought it was a two count, but it's kind of a cool flip angle they do. Uh, they kind of do the perspective from the doinks and then flip it over to the the normal hard camera. So I actually thought the the photography is pretty good on it. Uh, the only thing I don't like about it then is Crush supposed to be super kicked, supposed to hit his head on the turnbuckle, gets pinned, and then immediately gets up and chases after Doink. Like you gotta sell right. it a little bit, buddy. Um, exactly. And I know it's not like Sean's big soup finisher yet, but like you gotta you gotta realize you were kicked in the head and you knocked your head out. That you should be should be going after it. And um, you know, obviously his big title chance kind of gone away because of Doink. So I don't know if you had anything to add. I just feel like it was it was more of like a styles clash kind of match and like I you know, Sean, Brett, all these guys like the new generation of like working I just feel like this match is an example of how like Sean's not quite at Brett's level yet. Agreed. Like you know, like 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 he he'll get there, don't get me wrong, he'll definitely get there. But like Brett can carry someone of Crush's talent to a lot better match than Sean can at this point. And I feel like this like this pay per view shows like Brett's versatility and how he like just pretty much smokes everybody else on the on the roster right now as far as like match quality goes. Yep. And you know, guys like I said, they'll catch up definitely. It's not like a, a diss to Sean or anything like that. But um 
it just it's just I don't know. This match kind of didn't really do anything for me. Uh, it was just a little slower. I kind of expected more of like a, a cat and mouse kind of thing, but it didn't really happen out of this match. But yeah, it was. I guess they had to get Sean on the card at some point and crush. Yeah, you know, I, sense, I don't understand so. the point of the. Yeah, I just don't understand the point of the car, the match. Like mm-hmm. they clearly weren't gonna have Crush win. They clearly want to keep the Doink and and uh, Crush feud going. Michaels has this new bodyguard that's kind of interfering, but it doesn't. He interferes, and then it basically does nothing to the match. It's still eight minutes after he interferes, so it's like, what was the point of that? Like you basically did nothing. Um, so like it'd be different if Diesel, co- you know, cost crushed the match. Like okay, he's helping out, but he literally was worthless out there. So it's kind of a pointless match, and you kind of have two back-to-back pointless matches, which again. Why this card just set up so weird, um, you know the fact that it's kind of weird that you wouldn't have this split up between you know before Brett and Perfect. So uh, I, I love the double doinks though. Can't, can't get enough of them. So. <laughs> right. No, no complaints about my double doinks. So um, right. Did like that, and that that'll give you a chance for your third and final Brett match. Yes, sir. So we uh, we're on to the King of the Ring final here. Uh, Brett versus Bigelow. I think this is another varied opponent like you got razor the taller you know muscular guy you got perfect the athletic guy and then yeah you got bigelow the big bruiser heavyweight guy so the booking of this of this tournament ended up being really good for brett like like you can tell like this i don't know if this whole idea was centered around brett but it ended up being that way and it ended up working out perfect for him like the the styles and everything like this, yep. the story that was told from his perspective at least um but yeah, I think like you know, this is such a like early on, you know, you get Luna coming out and interfering, so like that gets added to it. I feel like Ross is like on fire here on commentary, like he really adds like a like a like a spirit to you know instead of like the normal, just kind of calling to action. Yep. You know, like Ross, yeah. Ross kind of adds something to it. Well, that's what he's best at, right? I mean, mm-hmm. well, early on, right, is the calling the action, really making it seem like a sporting event. Right, you know, I feel like Gorilla is always cliches and over overstating everything. Where you know Ross makes it a big feel. Talking, Ross did a really good job, I thought, of saying how you know how much time Brett had in the ring. Bam, bam, had really not spent a lot of time in the ring. Like that's where Ross excels early on. Right, and then uh, then we get a, a headbutt from Bigelow. You know, I know where he he gets the one two three like after Luna interferes, and. I I'm personally not a fan of this. Hebner comes down uh, and reverses the decision. It's like, why aren't you doing that for every other match then? Like yep. why, you know, I, I don't like, I'm like, I'm glad it, they did. And I'm glad the outcome happened the way it did. But I hate that, you know, when like, like they only do it when it's convenient kind of thing. Yeah. You know? And, and so they, re- they reverse the decision. Um, you know, Bigelow gets back in control again. He's got a nice little backbreaker on him. And Brett starts to fight back, and then out of nowhere, like another, like like out of nowhere, flash pin. He gets a victory roll this time. This is on Bigelow's shoulders and gets the one, two, three. So, uh, another really good match. Not, I kind of like the perfect match the best out of the three, but I think you know each one was was pretty good and solid at least at the, at the worst. But um, before we get to like the the finale of this, did you have anything else to say about the match? Yeah, uh, you know, a little, little slow to start off. I actually saw some empty seats in there. So, again, kind of the, I feel like that was just the weird card placements of just how this event goes. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk about it at the end. Like, it's a very uh, downer pay-per-view, uh, even though Brett's going to win. But, um, uh, but my note has, you know, first note is that they really push out Bam Bam's got this rest. He's going to be ahead. Worked out perfect. I like it also, too, because he's a bigger guy, right? So, set up, you know, this is the type of guy that needs it, right? The rest, like maybe a slimmer guy wouldn't need it. Um, so it's really weird. <laughs> the uh, when Luda comes out of wax, Bret Hart's the ref comes in, and Fink actually says they reversed the decision. Or no, was, I forget what he says, but he basically reverses and says Bret wins, and the referees have to stop him. So I'm not sure if that was an F up or just part of the right. story, right? I was kind of confused on that, and I couldn't tell the if, if it was part of the story the refs did a good acting job because that like after was like no 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 so I, I thought it was actually pretty good even though i don't like that move right especially um you know like we just saw in the championship match a half hour ago that there was interference right i know mm-hmm. yoko didn't plan it but like you just had that a half hour ago so um the only thing that i would have the bam bam did a couple bear hugs i you know from a storyline perspective i get that like you're trying to call it wear it out but i'm sure no one in the 
crowd that doesn't have a, someone telling them like, hey, don't forget, Bam Bam has only fought once, like is going to follow that. But I, I get the psychology of it. And the, again, the announcers did a good job showing that. Um, I, I The roll up is similar to like the Mania 10, right? He does this move where he's on his other shoulders uh, and then kind of roll, you know, does like the victory roll. Right. I, I'm, I'm not, I don't know. It, it's like a way to beat the the big guy, but I feel like I would have liked do it, seeing the sharpshooter instead. Uh, to make him tap, especially because, you know, he got the sharpshooter on Yoko, like showing that move can work against bigger guys. I don't know. I, I would yeah, have liked the, the sharpshooter. Yeah, for the finale. Yeah, for the finale. I would have liked to seen it, yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of a, I don't want to say cheap victory, because you do have to, like, outsmart. I don't know if outsmart is the right word, but you have to take a, a big guy out a certain way. Like, there's just a different way, but right. I would have preferred him getting the sharpshooter win. Uh, you've already made Bam Bam kind of strong with giving him a one, two, three. Uh, destroying Duggan, like I think you've made him seem pretty credible. Uh, that you don't need to like cheap him out on this victory. Uh, so that's that's my feeling. I, I liked it. I didn't like it as much as the perfect match uh, or or the Razor match, but I don't think it was bad. I thought it made Bam Bam actually look pretty good. And like I said, he's got the one two three, the one two three count over uh, 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 the the king. So pretty pretty good good for him as well. Exactly. Yep, and uh, then uh, you want to go ahead and, and finish. No, you got this. This is okay. these are your two guys. Yeah, yeah. This so is... from there, we're gonna get like a the crowning of Brett here, the coronation, as you kind of go into the the chair, the, the hooky setup that they do for everybody, where they <laughs> they go to the to the throne and they give him the crown. He starts to put the robe on, and then out comes Lawler, out of nowhere and interrupts, which is so awesome because like like we covered before, he had the pink and black tights on in another episode just kind of like foreshadowing this and he's just kind of calling him out you know for being a king you know we get the burger king brett calling him burger king which is so lame or whatever but uh the crowd loves it though the The crowd crowd loves it yes yeah it tears it up and and it's like it's it's without if it wasn't lawler or really brett like this stuff would come off so hokey like oh you're arguing over the king like I'm, i'm the real king but just for some reason, Lawler makes it work. Like I, I think, because in Memphis they they're used to like a lot of this hokey bullshit. Like they had like Freddy the Krueger in Memphis. They had uh, all all kinds of like weird shit in Memphis. Like like that just came off kind of believable. And he kind of made this work. And and once they start arguing, Lawler just kind of attacks him. And this shit was so stiff. Like when he hits him, yep, he nails him with the scepter, and then he nails him with the chair. I'm like, oh shit. And I know that later on Brett pays him back for this, like as a receipt, because I think it's in his book that Lawler really stiffed the shit out of him in this. But okay. it's such an awesome beatdown. Like I love the ending to this. Like it it's weird that it almost just makes you forget about the Yoko and Hogan thing. Like 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 Brett's the 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 king of the ring. Like you have a new champion tonight, but Brett's the king of the ring, and that's what closes the show. Yep. And then an angle closes the show as well. So it's like you have all these things moving. It's so fluid. But it's like, okay, what am I What am I supposed to focus on here? The champion or the king of the ring? And yep. you're kind of more drawn to the king of the ring because it's more impressive and, and there's a feud coming out of it, you know? So I thought it was an excellent end to the show. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Burger King chance, the crowd was into those. So I know it's hokey, but the crowd loves them. Uh, that really pisses Lawler off and he attacks uh, Brett from that. So that's like what sets him off. Uh, I don't, how dare you say hokey set. Uh, I love the <laughs> King of the Ring, the Me kayfabe of it. Well, I the, want that action figure so bad. The Brett <laughs> King of the Ring. <laughs> yeah, you're I, right. It's not hokey. Yeah, you're right. Take it, take it back. Yeah, they treat it as legitimately you have to dress as a king. But, <laughs> um, you know, Bret Hart's probably not the one to go around like that. But there's obviously other guys, King Booker and, and Owen, that are great Owen, for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're great for it. Even King Mabel is not legitimate, but it gives him Regal. Like, yeah, Regal. Regal. And even even Mabel, I think, like, it, it makes yes. him go around not as just a fat rapper, right? So, right. I, yep. you know, we could talk about his his performance otherwise, but I, I think it does add stuff. I, I'm glad Brett didn't go around as king. I'm glad Stone Cold obviously uh, wasn't 316 king. You know, right. I think, and there's other people that have, that don't need it, but um, I do like that. The crowd was definitely all there for it too. I was kind of looking around, like, all right, people are emptying out. Nope, the full crowd was there, so good. They got like the big angle to be like in front of a full crowd and not people leaving right after Brett left. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, I, I thought that this was more of looks like a superstars angle, like even the way it's like shot from the podium, just not yeah. something that really did at pay-per-views, right? Like pay-per-views kind of ended, well, always with Hogan in the ring celebrating. 
um, they really didn't end this way. So I kind of kind of something different. Uh, so I like I like that. Uh, but it's kind of, you know, again, another little downer uh, of it. Uh, you know, from you, you saw Hogan loss and now you saw Brett get beat down. So a little bit of a downer of a pay-per-view, but um, I, I, I like it. And definitely I was going to put that Lawler was definitely very, very stiff on his uh, on his items to Brett. I think he was just trying to make it look real, but definitely was, was a big beat down. Yes, sir. So we got uh, the first ever King of the Ring is in the books now. Yeah. I mean, any other comments on the whole pay-per-view overall? I thought it, I just thought it was a fresh like I, I like it feels like they're moving in a different direction and I like that feeling like I like you know the they're taking a chance they're adding a pay per view like we don't yeah. really touch on that but there's a there's a whole new pay per view on the calendar to begin with uh, they're doing it in a tournament style it's just something different you got the Royal Rumble you got Survivor Series you got King of the Ring like all different types of matches different types of settings so just something it's it, they're so smart in the marketing of that. Like that's what I think sets WWF apart. It's like they're not just adding a pay per view just to add it. They're adding it with a with something different and being a tournament. You know. Yeah, I you know I think they definitely needed the pay per view, especially uh, in between you know WrestleMania where you have all these big angles and SummerSlam. You know, I've heard people talk about it. Ninety one really suffers from not having that. Even though ninety one SummerSlam is good, there's a lot of hot angles in that summer. I'm sure there's other summers too that could have used this uh, another pay-per-view. So I like that. It, it's interesting for a brand new pay-per-view. It's kind of in a weird setting, right? Like a small arena. It's the arena's kind of like, I don't know how to describe it. Like it's like one level. There's no like skyboxes. It's not a basketball arena, right? It doesn't have like multiple levels. It just has like staircases that go up forever. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's kind of weird that it has a different feel to it. Uh, and they really don't go back to this type of arena to like in your houses, right? Like, they're right. still in the bigger arenas for, for, for all the major pay-per-views. So kind of interesting. They went for that. I'm not sure if why, why it was that way. Like why they didn't try going big to, you know, Chicago or something like that. Um, Cause they could have sold, you know, sold it out or made it look good versus like taking a small 8,000 crowd for a pay-per-view. So it definitely different as a presentation from that standpoint. Um, but but I, I like it overall. I think you know it's definitely Bret Hart heavy. Like let's re let's rebuild Bret Hart as the this working champ or you know working working guy that can defeat all different people. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously, I think it's good that you know from a Hogan standpoint. But uh, you know it's kind of good to get the belt off Hogan if he's not going to be around. Uh, and you made it a big deal of Yoko versus like Yoko winning on some house show or just like Hogan luckily like not forfeiting the title. Uh, you know just because like he doesn't want to work anymore or not like holding Hogan, 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 holding the title all the way to SummerSlam. So I like, um, I like the pay-per-view for that. The other two matches really probably weren't needed, right? The tag team match, uh, it was, that was fine, but you know, really not needed. And then the, the intercontinental title was kind of a, you know, kind of a waste, uh, and kind of didn't really make sense in the storylines they were going with. So, right, um, right. not a, not a great pay-per-view, but definitely, you know, the Bret Hart matches are, are definitely worth it. Yeah. It's more of a changing of the guard kind of pay-per-view, yep. like, like a tone setter. So. I think that's why I just look back on a little fondly, but yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, so we just do a couple of plugs and then let's get on to uh, awards. Yes, sir. So basically, every day, I know there's going to be a, a little bit of a schedule change. I think coming up, because, you know, we're on Tuesdays now. It looks like so uh, we were on Wednesdays, but every day you got something new dropping. So I mean, if you subscribe to the feed, you're going to get something new every day. Um, there is one big addition that I like in. You know, she's helps us so damn much is the Jenny position. So I um, just want to give her a shout out because, like I said, she does so much like behind the scenes, helping us out and everything and, you know, kind of dealing with us when we're late and shit like that. So, yep. <laughs> so you know, so, just want to give her a big credit. That's that's my main focus this time is just to give Jenny a, a shout out. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, you know, it's kind of weird because we record a couple weeks before we came back out and this will be a couple weeks after we record here but you know Warzone is back as well so uh mm-hmm. you know they're kind of picking up the second half of the new gener- generation era uh so jt and chad good to hear them back and then uh you know the daily the daily uh now i'm gonna screw it up then uh, now i'm gonna screw up the name of it uh but the daily thing they just got into wrestlemania too so i oh chronoso chronoso yeah i was like i tried yeah. to think of it i was like i knew it was chronoso um but <laughs> i knew it was close on it but yeah good good to those are great 10 minute listens when i'm walking the dog in the morning uh and it, you know into wrestlemania too and they're just marching their way along 
uh, and then obviously a ton of other wrestling content and you know things like from the squared circle to silver screen or one day this week in the NFL and then I don't know are you, are you coming back I, I was kind of wondering today I was like oh is the draft today but are you going to come back for another draft preview yeah yeah I think me and Marcus are going to probably do that again it's I think it's the 28th of the draft so yeah, I, I don't know why talk, I thought I was talking to him yeah, all of a sudden I was looking, I was like, Thursday, I'm like, oh, shoot, is the draft today? Because <laughs> I, like, thought I missed it. And I was like, right. we, can't record it. we can't record it today. Justin's got to focus on right. what the right. Bears' next superstar will be. So Exactly. But, uh, yeah, a ton of great content, wrestling or, or pop culture. So on the North-South Connection, then obviously there's uh, Pop Experience as well, the and then uh, run by Andy Anderton, and then uh, Scott running the, uh, the, the original place to be, um, you know, network uh, that's got a bunch of great stuff on there as well yes sir all right should we move on to rewards yes sir let's do it this, this big uh new pay-per-view so we got uh most new gen outfits um oh, i'm gonna go with uh with diesel with that jacket <laughs> that's a good one i would have i would have never thought of that and then uh, i'm gonna go uh because i think it's the last time we're gonna see them like this uh, especially in a pay-per-view setting but our orange crush um with the uh, Fanta Fanta outfits, uh, I think he's uh, coming for a change soon. So I'll, g- I'll give it to Crush, one of our our steadfast uh, new neon neon boys. There you go. Uh, most new gem performer. Oh, Brett, easily. I, I don't think there's. Yeah, I don't think there, I'm gonna have to. I don't know. I don't like sharing the same thing, but I think it's a right. uh, uh, it's a Bret Hart night. It, it meant to make him as this is the workhorse of the the organization. Um, and showcased him and I, and I think too like bringing up like a few like people are gunning after him so like that as well uh you know so, something we mentioned with lawler Law, like you know guys are gunning after him so um i think that's the only one you can mm-hmm. uh the worst match or segments uh I'll probably go with sean crush on that uh man i don't have to second it. it's um Hmm. I'm gonna go just because we kind of talked about it. Just like the refereeing tonight, of the silly, go. the silly uh, restart of the. I was gonna say right. the hammer guy, but like just that that part that they allowed that to happen on the Hogan yeah. match, and then and like a half hour later in a in a different match, you're having a bunch of referees come out and change the change the rules as they go along. So I thought it was just something silly. I hate when they kind of do that. Um, especially at a pay-per-view, I think it's different, like the attitude era or like WCW and like everything just doesn't make sense anymore. But like right now you're trying to hold kayfabe. So it's, it, I really hate that right now. Um, the best master segments. Uh, uh, well, if we count segment as well, I'm gonna go with the closing segment with uh, Brett and Lawler. Okay. And then I will go with uh, Brett versus perfect. Uh, nice. uh, you know, what? I'm going to switch up. I'm going to go Brett versus razor. A little. I actually think I might have liked that match more. Brett Razor. I don't know. They're about the same, but given Razor, uh, you know Scott Hall just passing. I'm gonna give it to him. Right. There you go. So uh, stock up. Um, uh Brett definitely. Brett, yeah. Brett Hart. Uh, I'm trying to think if anyone else. You know, I'm gonna go Jerry Lawler. Uh, awesome. I, I've never been a fan of his and. This was kind of I don't I don't didn't know about him ever right like I didn't know him before he came in and so I just mm-hmm. thought he was a, a jobber but I thought this actually made him look like not just an announcer like that's always thought of as him right like oh why is this announcer fighting him but I thought this right. made him look legit um, so I actually thought that was a really well done by him and he didn't take it as corny like he tied it as like I'm a, I'm gonna beat someone down so I actually liked that uh, I actually liked his performance there awesome. and then. Stock down. Uh, crush for me. Crush. I'm, I'm yeah. going to go say goodbye one last time. The overall winner every time of Stock Down, Mr. Hulk Hogan. Yes. Uh, thank, thanks for coming aboard the new generation era. See yeah. you in 20, um, 2002 or when we, if we ever get to that era, it'd be like uh, right. 20, 2045 for us. But, uh, right. you know, don't, peace. Don't let the, <laughs> the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. Yeah, that's that's definitely needed for him. So, you know, loved him as a kid. I, you know, like I said, I was pumped for him when he came back for Mania uh, nine originally as a kid. But like this is this run has been kind of t- t- terrible and uh, added no value and 
sold a couple house shows probably, but you know, really that's it. He's kind of been a big disappointment and I couldn't believe how far he was removed from the products. Like that's kind of my shock of it was like, I didn't realize he would gave no efforts. Right. Uh, and uh, it's kind of disappointing. And um, I wonder when Vince realized like, Hey, I made a mistake, but he obviously has to now, uh, without doing too much spoilers, has to come up with this new Hulk Hogan. Uh, who's exactly. Gonna and is it going to be Brett or is it going to be uh, somebody new? So we'll we'll see. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. Yeah, anything else to add on the pay per view? Or no. I think I think we're ready. So yeah, so we're you know next week we'll be back on uh, um, Raws and Superstars by two two of each uh, to move along to SummerSlam. Uh, so two months before SummerSlam, but there's a. Uh, or two and a half months before SummerSlam, but there's a big event, uh, the July 4th weekend of 1983, uh, that's going to be announced, I think, on the on the first one it got announced. So we'll, we'll talk about that more, but uh, it'll be a big lead up to that. And then that obviously changes the direction of the Fed for the, the next few months after that. So we'll be a fun summer uh, for sure. I definitely know a couple of angles coming along and it's, it's, it's prime for a, a Men on the Mission appearance. So yeah, for them to really really step up and, and come out so looking forward to it and uh, we'll talk in two weeks so thanks everyone for uh, the feedback on the last show and we're, you know we're back and great great to be talking with you JP every time so glad to be back same to you man I am-